Hello and welcome to the Healed Approach podcast. I am your host, Rebecca Heald, workplace wellbeing and leadership consultant. The aim of this podcast is to bring the human back into leadership. It's about how success depends on healing, connection and better relationships because these are really key to well-being. You will find an open, honest and vulnerable approach that will inspire and motivate you on your business journey because fundamentally, well-being and leadership all come down to human connection. This is the real key to happier humans and better business outcomes. I really hope that you enjoy the show. So here we are on another exciting episode of the Healed Approach podcast, and I am joined today by Lindsay Murray. Lindsay's joining me all the way from Texas. Hi, Lindsay. Hey, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be here. No, thank you. I can't wait to get into this. So Lindsay is the owner of Relationship Matters Therapy and podcast host of Sex Positivity Unfiltered. She helps individuals and couples looking to improve their relationships and sex lives. She does so by utilizing therapeutic techniques that address communication, expectations, emotions, and sexual desires that create better understanding for her clients. Lindsay has her master's degree in rehabilitation counseling, is a licensed professional counselor and certified rehabilitation counselor, is certified to treat neurodiverse couples, which I think is amazing, and is also an ASEC certified sex therapist. So what an introduction. <laughs> now, I guess really, I mean, I think this is, this is a great topic that we need to be talking more about. And you know, coming myself, like, you know, I was in a, I was in a, a long marriage. I was with my ex-husband for almost 20 years. And so I understand how there can be conflict in a relationship. But why do you think that is? And what can people do about it? Sorry to get right in there. But I think sometimes that's the best way, Lindsay. Yeah, it's a, it's a great question and probably a complex answer. And I'll try to have it be all encompassing because there can be tons of reasons why there is conflict in a relationship. And like, I feel like anyone who's been in a relationship, especially a long-term relationship can understand, right? That there can be all kinds of reasons. Um, you know, the biggest one I see is honestly, as odd as this might sound, is conflict avoidance. Um, when, when people are not wanting to lean into conflict and a lot goes unsaid, and then suddenly there's like unmet expectations aren't being talked about. There's disappointments not being talked about. There's preferences not being talked about. Um, and then it eventually does boil up and come to a head. And now they're fighting all the time. And it's really like unclear what is happening there. Um, but it could also be like, aside from conflict avoidance, it could be um, the opposite where like everything is a conflict and now we're picking on everything. And so that gets really like old and tiring. And I mean, if I were to really boil it down, I would say the hardest cases I see are when it's unclear if the partners even like each other. You know, if there's a foundation of like, hey, even though we're having issues, I still like you as a person. I want to work this out. I feel like you can see progress a lot more quickly. If I see a couple who's really like filled with hostility and contempt and doesn't have a positive view of the other person, it's almost like no matter what they do to fix things, it doesn't ever feel good enough. Um, and so it just gets really, really, um, really complex. And I, and I also look at, you know, their, 
their attachment styles, like what was their upbringing like, you know, if they had a, for example, like a traumatic household, um, a lot of times you will see that turn into maladaptive skills in their relationship. And so the way that each partner might be handling something is not helping them. It's actually making things worse. So I really kind of, I know it's a long answer, but I kind of look at multiple angles when I'm looking at why is the couple having so many issues? Yeah, well, I think, um, like you said, straight away there, it's it's so complex, isn't it? And then, well, not only have you got to factor in, like you said, attachment styles, um, you know, you've got to factor in, like you say, upbringings, which, you know, affect attachment styles. You've also got to take into consideration individual personalities, haven't you? And 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 because you mentioned, well, I mentioned when in my introduction about you know working with neurodiverse couples as well. Um, is that something that you come across quite a lot? Or yeah, quite a bit. I have a lot of clients that are autistic um, or have ADHD. And they end up in a in a partnership together. And so their um, communication styles are really different. Their preferences are really different. And it's interesting you say that, just individual personalities. I think aside from like conflict avoidance and hostility, a big issue I see that I'm trying to break couples out of is codependency, really yeah. meaning like when our differences are coming to the surface, that's really uncomfortable. And I wish you would just conform to what I want and then I can feel comfortable again. When really the trick is like they're differentiating, but differentiating can be really healthy. It's kind of like, how do you handle when your partner has a difference than you? And how do you speak up when you have a difference from them? Right. And that can be like really, really anxiety inducing. Um, Cause I have couples who, won't do anything without their spouse. And when it comes from a place of like anxiety, I'm afraid if I do this, this, if I'm, I'm afraid if I go on this trip on my own, they're going to get upset with me. So I'm just not going to even go at all. Mm. That, you know, that starts to build up a lot of resentment and confusion. And so some of the work I'm doing is just trying to tease apart. Y'all are different people and maybe that's okay. Can we let, can we learn to let that be okay? And then if they can do that, it's easier to come back together and find out where do we connect and where do we not? And can that be okay? Yeah, I mean, I guess I've got like a really burning question here. And I know we're kind of early on in the podcast. But, you know, I think I think it's great because I do think a lot of relationships, a lot of marriages, you know, are failing because of these often simple yet difficult um things that we need to overcome but you know do you often get it where I suppose I'm just trying to think of the best way to say this you know where 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 people just aren't compatible and you know and and, and how do you deal with that because because you know let's be honest that 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 does happen right yeah I did it really does happen and you know it's like twofold, right? Like sometimes when a couple comes to see me and they are so incompatible in so many ways, unfortunately, sometimes it is too late, mm-hmm. right? They've grown, they've grown, but they've grown so far apart that by the time they end up in my office, there's not a whole lot to grasp onto anymore. It's sad to see. I also think compatibility can be built, but it comes with the acceptance of 
we don't need to be compatible in every single area for this to be a good relationship. I see that a lot with, with sex actually. Um, Cause it can go either way. It can be a couple where like sex was really great in the beginning and now it's not. And there can be all, all kinds of reasons for that. Um, but I have couples too, where they've always had an incompatibility in sex, meaning like one person has always had a low libido and the other person's always had a high libido or one person has a kink and the other person's like, I'm not interested in that at all. Um, that'll be there from the beginning. And then they'll come to my office and they're like, what do we do about this? And sometimes it's like, well, I don't know if there's a lot to do there besides acceptance, right? Like if it's always been there, I think people, I guess what I'm saying is it's interesting. People will recognize an incompatibility, the beginning of the relationship and move forward with the marriage, kids, family, house, everything. And then later on, they're like, well, what do we do about this incompatibility? <laughs> That's been there from the beginning. And I, and I think, I think you can make that relationship work if you want to. But there has to come that acceptance and tolerance of, I might not get everything I want, and can I learn to be okay with that and appreciate what I do have with this person? Um, yeah, it's tough. Yeah, well, and all relationships are tough, right? And I think, you know, but I love that, what you said there as well, because I do think if you're able to have these open and honest communication channels, then at least you can then you know make a choice and be in control of of you know because I think what you said before about kind of the resentment that builds up you know if you're if you're not doing certain things because you because of the anxiety I definitely can relate to that um you know or you're not communicating about stuff and you're just letting things fester then that, that then the resentment will build up when it? it builds up to the point where there is no going back yeah um but I guess as well you've got to have both parties that want to kind of invest in that and 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 kind of um be on the same page with it um and yeah and it's interesting because i think you know with 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 sex with marriage or relationships sorry there are a lot of misconceptions i think um you know, and and I think a lot of misconceptions and a lot of maybe unrealistic expectations. Mm -hmm. Can you can you tell us more about that? Is that something that you kind of come across? Yeah, I think that there are definitely definitely can be some unrealistic expectations. I think the biggest one is around communication. I hear I hear partners a lot. Um maybe they're not saying this directly, but they really wish their partner would kind of read their mind. Like, well, they should just know. They should just know that I feel this way. They should just know that I want this. They should just know. And I'm like, well, have you ever told them that? Well, no, but they should just, you know, it's like they want, it's because that's, that's easier. I mean, I'm not judging them for wanting that because don't we all, I would love that. My husband could just know what was going on with me and I didn't have to say it. That would be amazing. But it's just wishful thinking, right? It doesn't really work that way. And so, you know, sometimes I'm teaching them like, how are you going to come to the table and be honest? And can you be, can you be that brave, you know, to be honest with your partner like that? Yeah, I love that. I love what you said there, because I was talking about this recently. And I think one thing I've learned, like you said, they, oh, they should just know, I, I, you might completely shoot me down on this. But I do a lot of the time as well. I think that's a female thing, or, or like a feminine energy or whatever, because I think uh, you know, as as I think, in order for us to bring out you know, the masculine 
I think, you know, in our partners, we do have to kind of just be honest and upfront about it, I think. Um, I think we need to be able to, we need to be soft and gentle as women, but we also need to be really honest about what we want, I think. Otherwise, men can't step into that masculine energy that we need. And that's something that I've really learned because I definitely used to play those games. Not because I was trying to play games, but because, like you said, I wasn't brave enough. I wasn't confident enough. I wasn't secure in myself enough. And I don't know if you see this as well. And I think this is the same for men and women, but definitely it's it's, it's crazy, really, actually, because I feel like for me, you know, kind of I was very confident, um, you know, sexually, I think, kind of in my like younger years, like early 20s, what have you. And then that just kind of went when I was, you know, it just kind of I lost it as I got kind of confused in life and lost who I was. And then mm-hmm. I think that kind of cause so. So what you I guess my point here is like what you said before, it's about, you know, you've got to remember that whilst you're a couple, you've still got your own journeys to go on. You're still evolving as people and you still you need to make sure that you're kind of focusing on on you as an individual and then are bringing that into the relationship. Yeah. Does that make sense? And I kind of that when you were talking earlier about how, you know, a lot of couples are, are scared to do that. And I think that can become quite toxic. Yeah. And it's, and it's, um, yeah, the individual journey is really important, you know, kind of speaking of like sex in your twenties versus like, you, you know, we all grow and evolve and, and it's natural to get to any point in time where we're kind of confused on who we are and what does that mean? And what do we do with that? And I'll tell you personally, I guess kind of like speaking about attachment, you know, when I was in my twenties, so I got, I got married when I was 32. So in my twenties was like, not really dating anyone seriously, but having casual sex and, um, that like sex was very much tied to like promiscuity and casual and not vulnerable. Like I was, you know, having sex with people that, that I was not in a relationship with. And I, and I, and I was fine with that. I have no judgment about that. But what I'm getting at is like, I, one thing I learned about myself is that when I got into a serious, committed, long-term relationship with my now husband, it was almost like the more intimate our relationship became as far as sharing a life together. Yeah. My attachment to sex changed because I can't do, it's like this promiscuous thing that I shouldn't be doing. I don't, can't really view it that way anymore with this person who I like should be having sex with. So, you know, talk about like a mind fuck, you know, it was like, I had to really figure out what does my sexuality look like in this new context <laughs> as opposed to, you know, what it did when I was younger. And and I think people have to figure that out too, right? So when I see couples and they're not having a lot of sex, it's like, is it just as simple as low libido or is it like you have to change your attachment to what sex looks like for you? <laughs> I love that. And I'm laughing because I think I've done the reverse to you. <laughs> because I met my, uh, my husband like when we were 16 (laughs) you know and then it was kind of um yeah I mean yeah so I kind of almost feel like yeah I've gone through I left him five years ago so over the last five years I've like had to find myself again and find my meaning I I remember again this is me getting a bit personal but I remember and I think this is something though and I think people will resonate with this because I do remember when I was in that relationship with my husband thinking oh god you know like what you said you know I couldn't imagine like ever giving myself to anybody else and I was like you know I can't imagine ever ever getting naked or ever having sex with anyone else again and it used to freak me out 
anyway, <laughs> that soon changed after divorce. So, you know, it's just, it is about, I think, also questioning maybe those attachment, but it's the beliefs as well, isn't it, that we create around it and, yeah. and how those beliefs change according to our value hierarchies, which also change. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think, and maybe that's what a big chunk of my job is, is like challenging belief systems. Yes. You know, when, when couples come in, they have this belief of how things should be. And if it's not that, then it's a problem. And sometimes I'm just questioning, you know, where is that belief coming from? And are you open to changing your view on that? Because maybe it would help if, if you could. And so whether it's with sex, you know, communication, values, do we want kids? Do we not? I mean, anything kind of just goes, honestly, I think back to what's your belief system around this and how is that, is that negotiable or not? Um, Cause sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. So it just kind of depends. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I guess, I mean, another kind of thing that, I mean, I don't know if this is something that kind of we can we can go into, but I guess what role does kind of people's professional life as well play in in their relationship um, and in their sex life? Because I, again, I feel for me, well, I see this, I see this, you know, with, with clients, um, with people that I work with, that they are often kind of, they're putting their work life first, they're putting all of that first, they're so career driven, they're so focused on, on you know, being the best leader that they can be, creating the best business that they can, that that kind of almost, that part of them almost gets suppressed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I, you know, I, I've, I've kind of, you know, had some kind of tricky conversations with clients sometimes about about their relationships about their personal relationships I say tricky they've they've, you know they've been quite open and honest vulnerable conversations which have been needed I guess but I'm no expert obviously um I mean is that something again that you see oh absolutely it's their it could be their career like how busy they are at work um and it's also just their their own relationship to stress. Um, yeah, yeah. Like if you know, if someone carries the stress home with them, so even when they're not at work, they're like, let's say they're at home, but their mind is still at work. Um, it's hard weird. to pour into your relationship when that's the mindset, or if it's someone who is at work all the time. You know, I've had clients who literally are at work all the time, first thing of the day until the end of the night. They come home eat and go to sleep. And when that's your schedule, it, it is, it does pose that question, like, where is there room for your relationship? Because we're wanting to do, we're wanting to have all these improvements and I'm trying to give them things to implement at home. But if there's no time at home or there's no energy at home, we kind of have to look at, you know, is that open to, is it open to change? And also too, like, this isn't necessarily a career, but it's still a job is like stay at home moms that, are taking care of the children, are taking care of all the domestic duties. Um, I see a lot of mom burnout um, as well, rightfully so, because they're like, yeah, I don't go to work every day, but I'm working 24-7 basically, and I have no energy. And so I'll hear that, you know, like, hey, why don't you want to have sex? Well, I have no energy. I'm tired all the time because I'm working all the time. So then we're looking at, you know, what, what, what can we implement that would give you some energy and that would bring y'all closer together? Yeah, they have to be really, they have to be really willing to do that work. 
Well, yeah. I, and, and, you know, I think with anything to get the benefits and to reap the rewards, you've got to make some changes. Otherwise, you're going to keep getting the same results. Yeah. And I think um, and, and I think it's really important, though, because it's especially well for me, I know, I mean, you know, kind of it depends. Everybody is different. But for a lot of people, you know, sex is important for their well-being you know and it and it is important for that energy as well and i think you know we we in order to be in you know almost feminine energy sometimes we need to we need to have sex we need to feel sexual we need to that is important and i think if that's lost and you're kind of caught up in your career or your kids almost that's you know it, it's zapping your energy even more because obviously having that intimacy with with someone else whatever that looks like for you um you know can actually bring an energy into you know into your life i think yeah it, it's like a catch-22 you know it's i see it all the time one partner sex is a stress relief and the other partner needs to be relieved of all stress before they want to have sex yeah, <laughs> so it's like, you know where where do you where do you meet in the middle there because it yeah, yeah i mean it can be um it can be a way to really bring you closer um, it's just about finding, you know, how could that be a priority? Right? Like if I want it to be a priority, I have to make it a priority. Um, and, you know, speaking of priority, I think a lot of couples are always waiting for it to be spontaneous. Like they're kind of just waiting around, tiptoeing. When is the other person gonna initiate? Are they gonna accept my advances? How's that gonna go? But I think when we're all so busy and we have jobs and we have families and we have responsibilities, I almost think spontaneity is like a myth, you know, like you need to make time, you need to make time for it. I don't mean, you know, I got to be hard at six o'clock on Tuesday, but like we need to, we need to set aside time of when are we making time to connect and can sex be included in that? And you'll see it happening more, but I'll also hear like, well, that's not very sexy. I'm like, well, it's not sexy to not do anything either. So <laughs> it's true. Well, it is true. And sometimes it can be sexy though. You know, you can, you can, you, you can make it, I think you, you can make it kind of fun and kind of almost like mischievous or naughty if you're making it. Cause I've done that, you know, where you're kind of sneaking it in and yeah. Okay. It does feel a little bit like you've got a, no, it, it shouldn't. It shouldn't. You know, it, it, yeah, it, it, I, I think you can make it kind of fun, even if it's not that spontaneous, because you can it, you can make it almost kind of out of the ordinary or something a little bit naughty. Does that make sense? It makes little, you're, you're building a positive anticipation. Totally. Yeah, exactly. 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 And trust me, as a as a working mom with kids, um, yeah, yeah, sometimes, yeah, that's exactly what you've got to do, isn't it? And I think. Um, and, and we have been touching on this a little bit, but it is this whole thing about self-care, isn't it, as well? Because in order to have a healthy relationship, you know, sexually or not, I think self-care may, plays a major role. Absolutely. And, I, and it goes back to what I was saying earlier about differentiating and doing things on your own that feel yeah. good to you, that you don't need your partner there for all the time. Like having a little bit of separation to take care of yourself and then and then when you come back together can be really beautiful you know like you need you need time for that and so it's up to the couple to prioritize what does self-care look like for each of us and what would be what would be realistic to implement you know what would be a non-negotiables maybe yeah yeah definitely i i guess 
um, one thing I'm really int- intrigued as well, um, kind of going off on a little bit of a tangent, but I think, you know, obviously you've, you've, you've set up your, your, you know, you've created your business, um, you know, you're obviously having huge success with it. Um, you've got your blog, I mean, you've got your, your podcast, etc. How's that journey been for you as, you know, as a woman in business? Yeah, it, it's been a lot of fun. Um, it's been a lot of hard work. I just, yeah, but I just, I figured, you know, I was already working really hard at my job because I used to work at a, at a college and then I worked for the state of Texas before that. Um, I was already really working really hard then. And so I just decided like, I'll just pour that hard work into this, you know, and, and start working for myself. So it's been, um, it's been fun. It's been a lot of hard work. Um, there are times, I think like any business owner can relate to this. You know, you have those freak out moments of like, all, all the clients could be gone tomorrow. And, you know, if it hasn't happened, it probably won't, but you just, you know, it, it always keeps me on my toes, I guess. I'm always looking at, um, ways to be like new and innovative and new trainings I can do and new projects I want to do. And I guess that's the exciting part of being a business owner is you've kind of got that leeway to do what you want with it. Yeah, but also staying humble enough. And I, but I think it's that, you know, being, like you said, you know, it probably won't happen. You probably will not ever end up where you've got no clients. However, you know, I think having always having that kind of humility will always inspire you to continue to be creative and innovative, like, like you said. Um, and it, it is a shame, and I've said this before, actually, but it is a shame that, you know, workplaces can't, harness and nurture that you know it's a shame that we're having to see a lot of women leave the workplace and set up their own I mean it's not it isn't it's not because I think you know it's amazing to see more female entrepreneurs out there and making a great go of it but I don't think entrepreneurship is for everybody um yet the workplace is not always supporting us as women I don't think which again I think has an impact on sex lives you know because I think there's a lot of pressure for women you know, on women, there's a lot of pressure on everybody, but I think there is particularly pressure on women in leadership roles. And, you know, and that can really impact, I think, their their sex life and their, you know, even their identity, which of course, you know, it it all kind of intertwines, um, I think, together. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Go on, sorry. Well, I was just agreeing with you. I, I absolutely agree. You know, there's a lot of workplaces that, I think especially for women, I don't know about you, but I like to be very helpful and I feel like that gets taken advantage of very easily when working for someone else. And then when I bring it up, like, Hey, I'm doing two jobs. So where's the promotion or the raise? And then it's not there, you know, it just gets old after a while. It's like, well, I'm working my butt off here. I'll just, I'll do this somewhere else. (laughs) You know? Well, that's it. Exactly. You know, that's exactly, exactly my kind of, but I think that's also really important as well. I think to and I love that you said that because two things I loved one is that you said you first said how fun it's been then you said how hard you know about the hard work but I think you know when you can go into business with that mindset that this is going to be hard work you know this isn't going to be this lifestyle business that I'd hoped it to it it was going to be I'm going to go into it and I'm going to put my heart and soul into it because I think a lot of people think they can leave their job go to a business you know work part-time and it'll be because you know like I said a lifestyle business but if that's what you want you're probably not going to get the most out of it anyway 
a couple of other questions. I know we're kind of coming up um, to time, but I guess first one is, you know, can you share, you know, a couple of success stories? Yeah, absolutely. I would say um, one success story that comes to mind is um, a couple I had. I don't see them anymore, but um, they came to me specifically for sex therapy and had really had a lot of sex in the past like few years. So it's been like a while that it's maybe happened a handful of times. Um, and I was able to get them to, or I shouldn't say I was able to get them there. I don't want to take that much credit. I was able to help them get to a place where um, they were having sex regularly, like every week. And it wasn't because they had to, like they wanted to. It, it's kind of like they were able to bring fun and playfulness back into their relationship. And so that was really like a lot of fun for me to see for them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I would say, I would say another success story. This one is, um, I guess I should say like the way I label success is not always a couple staying together because some couples should not stay together, um, especially when there's abuse in their relationship. And so I've had a, um, a couple a while back where like it eventually was made clear to me that there was a lot of abuse happening in the, in the relationship. Um, and so I couldn't, see them anymore. I don't, I don't see couples where there's domestic violence because it really, um, you risk making the violence worse because you've got the victim of abuse, like in the room with their, their abuser and they're trying to be honest, but it's too scary to be honest. It's just a whole mess. Um, but successful in that she did leave him. They are now divorced. So like that was very, um, that was, that was really hard because it took a long time for her to be in a safe enough place to get out but she did it so I I still see her um sometimes like even today so that I would consider that a success that's a huge success Mm -hmm. I think it's really another really important point you know about kind of that you know giving women I guess that strength to be able to to leave those abusive relationships and I, I remember going to kind of marriage counselling um, when, you know, with my ex-husband. And it was it was obvious then, but, you know, I don't think the the, 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 the person that we're seeing wasn't, wasn't didn't, I don't, probably wasn't skilled enough or experienced enough, I suppose, to kind of put the support in place. So, no, I think that's amazing. I'm really, I'm really pleased you shared that because I do, I completely agree with you. Success is about getting the best outcome whatever that looks like mm-hmm. um if you can bring yeah and if you can bring fun and playfulness back into a long relationship as well that's that's incredible um amazing so i guess my yeah. last is what has your journey you know what is your journey setting up your business working with the people that you're working with whatever what has been you know the the most important thing you've learned about you about yourself I think the most important thing I've learned about myself is, um, one, I'm really hard on myself. You know, I, I have this tendency to like every session I'm overanalyzing and trying to be as the most helpful as possible, but it's easy for me to get into a spiral of like almost taking on too much responsibility, right? It's like finding that balance of I'm here to help them and guide them, but at the end of the day, like it is up to them like what they decide to do with their relationship. So I've had to really like analyze why I do that (laughs) and why I'm so hard on myself. But 
I think through that, it's just made me um, just be human, you know, like if I do mess up with a client or I take us down a path that wasn't helpful or, or said something that um, caused offense or whatever, uh, I feel like I'm able to just own that. Like, I think I'm pretty confident that my clients know when they come to see me, I don't view myself as like some magical expert. Like I am an expert in the field, but that doesn't mean I know everything. And so I've gotten pretty good at when something is presented to me and I don't really know what to do. I'm pretty good at just saying like, I really don't know. But let me like look into it or let me find out or maybe we start somewhere else. And I think clients really appreciate that. So it's really kind of even helped just in my personal life. I don't need to be amazing and perfect at everything. (laughs) (laughs) You're amazing, but there's no such thing as perfect. I do... I do. I think that there are a couple of really valuable points that you've made there. And I think, you know, this one thing about, you know, failing is good because failing means that we can, you know, learn and grow. Nobody, you know, nobody sets up a successful business without or nobody has a career, a successful career, you know, in whatever it is without making mistakes and failing because it's how we grow. It's how we learn. It's how we develop um jesus honestly the mistakes i've made but and i will continue to make because it's all part of self-development but i think also what i love there and i say this all the time when everyone ever goes oh here we have like whenever anyone calls me an expert i'm like no i'm knowledgeable in my field but i'm not an expert on you or your business you're the expert on your business you're the expert on you I'm just here, you know, with my experience and my objectivity to guide you. And what you said there as well, when you said, you know, you got them to do something. No, 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 it wasn't me. I helped them. I always say that as well. You did it. I just, you know, I just created the space for you to be able to come to that conclusion, you know? Absolutely. Um, We're there for, we we can't really create change directly with anyone. We're just there to help. Yeah, absolutely. Can I, and. One, one other thing, actually, just a quick one, because obviously we're here in the UK, this this podcast, you know, it goes out globally. So are you, do you do, do you work online? Yeah, I do. I do work online. I offer telehealth and in person for people who are here. Excellent. Excellent. So can you, on that note, can you let people know where they can find you? Sure. Yeah. So I do have a website. It's um, relationshipmatterstx.com. And so if you go on there, you can, you'll find my website and I have other clinicians who work at my practice and you can, you can see their information as well. Um, and just kind of like all of our services and fees and everything. And then you can also find me on social media. I do have a Facebook page called Lindsay Murray sex therapist. And then on Instagram, it's Lindsay Murray CST. So you can find me on any of those channels. Excellent. Excellent. I'll be doing that. (laughs) So please, if you are listening and you have enjoyed the episode, then please make sure that you do go and check Lindsay out, that you give her a follow. Maybe you don't want to take that step on contacting her, but be a lurker and, you know, check out her her content. And I'm sure you'll learn something from that. I've definitely taken away some great takeaways today, both about relationships and leadership. So thank you so much, Lindsay. And also as well sorry just to add that if you've enjoyed this episode make sure that you do leave us a five star review because the more that we can get this podcast out there the better so thank you so much Lindsay this has been an amazing episode I've really enjoyed it I hope you have too 
I have. Yeah, I've loved, I've loved being on. I thought it was really great. So I'm excited to, I'm excited to see what else you put out. I'll be listening. Yes. <laughs> yes. Spread the word. <laughs> and do go and check out Lindsay's podcast as well, because I definitely will be. Um, yes. Anyway, thanks so much, Lindsay. And make sure that listeners, if you're listening, you listen to the next time. Thank you. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. We really hope that you enjoyed the show. And if you did, please do like, comment and share with your audience. If you would like to know more about how I am championing and implementing fearless workplace well-being, one bold step at a time, then please do connect with me on LinkedIn or on any other social media channel using the hashtag Rebecca Healed Leadership. You can also email me, rebecca at rebecca-healed.co.uk or you will find me at www.rebecca-healed.co.uk. Thank you again for listening and I hope to see you next time.